everyone, welcome back to Raising Unicorns by Harmon Brothers. Bad editing can ruin a video ad, and in today's episode, you'll learn the key to fine-tuning your video ads after it's been written and filmed. Unicorns are real. In the past eight years, Harmon Brothers has helped raise five unicorns. Yes, that's five companies with a billion dollar valuation, with at least six more companies right on the cusp of becoming unicorns. Here on Raising Unicorns, we share the lessons we've learned to help you grow your business by tens or even hundreds of millions of dollars. It's time to start raising a unicorn of your own. Here's the question I actually had for you. How long have you been at HP? I've been, at the end of this month, I'll be here a year. A year? Yeah. Fairly recent. Yeah. When it came to editing, because you're like a designated editor, what was new to you when it came to the editing process at Harmon Brothers? What were you like, oh, that's weird, but that makes sense, I guess? Every company that I've worked for has had a different organizational process. And I think HB definitely had the most in-depth one. And when I started, I kind of was like, is this, is all this really necessary? <laughs> you know, kind of <laughs> like that. But it has proved time and time again to be super helpful. And when in doubt, like we've got the initials at the end of each of our naming conventions and we can reach back to the people that worked on it last, especially because in the other roles that I've had, I've all been the only editor on the team. So mm. everybody knows it's kind of me. Here at this place where projects kind of come and go fast and you're getting brought onto different projects, it's kind of nice that you've got a little bit of a trail and it's so organized that anybody can jump on. I found that was super cool. Y'all have hotkeys like I've never seen. Our executive creative director, Caitlin, she has got hotkeys so much so saved to the server so that she can put them on any computer so that she can edit as quickly as she can because she's just got it programmed to her. And sometimes I'll like log on to my computer and I'm like, what the heck is happening? I don't know my <laughs> buttons anymore. And then I'll look and I'm like, oh, she was here. I've definitely learned a ton. I think my speed is I mean, you can ask the creative directors I've worked with. I think it's doubled, honestly. I think I just got not complacent, but I didn't really have the resources to learn because I was the only editor on teams and stuff. So whatever I learned in college or whatever I learned over a YouTube video is kind of what I was going with and being on a team here. I was like, hey, did you know this? Boop, boop, two keys, changing the speed of stuff. And it's just exponentially changed the speed of my editing, which has been pretty awesome to see. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I've been here about four years <laughs> as the lone marketing person. Yeah. For the first time ever, I've actually worked with a creative director. It was Caitlin. She yeah. like sits there and judges that I'm not using hotkeys the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's like a nice, quiet judging, not yeah. a mean judging, but she's itching to tell you. Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she told me plenty of times, it's like, you should be pressing this key instead. And she's always nice. She's like, I don't know if you knew about this, yeah. but like, you could press this button. <laughs> and a little bit is like, oh, no, I didn't know, but <laughs> now you, I do. <laughs> I know. The thing that I'm learning is the craziness of iterations when it comes to like intro variations. My whole working experience, I've never come up with intro variations. It literally was in like the past month or so that I'm like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever worked with intro variations <laughs> no, before? No, I've never thought of it until coming here and it makes so much sense. So, But I've never... For those who don't know what an intro variation is, you have your piece of content, doesn't matter the length, but what you do is you take different pieces from it and throw it at the beginning. And when it comes to testing on Facebook and things like that, then you can see which intro variation beats out the others. It's those small little nuances that gets Harmon Brothers the results that it has over the years. 
And I've heard that it, it totally helps clients because one video is now four videos. The content is basically the same, but when it shuffles through, like your audience is seeing different stuff. That helps of just not beating people dead with your content. You oh, know, it yeah. keeps it interesting. And I've learned that working here too. I'm surprised I've gone this long without having learned the Harmon Brothers editing method of just crazy iterations. And maybe they're doing it to us and we just don't know. Facebook is such a wild world <laughs> yeah. now. I don't know. Have you had to pull any all-nighters yet? No all-nighters. Did have to work pretty late. That Kodiak, we did a really cool shoot with Kodiak where we brought back the grizzly bear. We brought back our lumberjack dad. It was tight. It was basically one of our biggest packages, but we did it in three and a half weeks rather than like the six to eight that it usually takes. The team sat me down. They were like, all right, we want you on it. But like, just know it's going to be like three weeks of 10 to 12 hours. I was like, all right, I'm in. I'm Okay, I'm in. I got it. That one kicked my butt, but we got it done. And it's a really cool one. And they've even come back. And I know that we worked with the lumberjack mom a little bit and we threw her into a version, a variation of that ad, which is cool. So no overnighters yeah, yeah. Knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> Not out of the wheelhouse for sure here at Harmon Brothers. It's crazy because Harmon Brothers believes you can work right up to the deadline. I've seen it. <laughs> I, I've only seen it. Once again, I'm from the marketing department, so I only see things as a spectator. It is crazy how I will leave for the night and I'll come back and they're exporting. And I think, honestly, it's a dedication thing because I think they're like, no, we can make it better. I, when I was working on Kodiak, there's a couple times that me and one of the pro soups were kind of, that looks great. And our CD was like, there's these like teeny tiny things. As I, I was twitching. I'm like, all right, we'll go in and fix them. I think we really deliver a great product to begin with. And then we we fine tune to that deadline because I don't know, they have such a high bar of not perfection because I think they're more realistic than that. But my name's on it. HB's name's on it. We're going to tweak this till we can't tweak it anymore. So I always admire that because sometimes at the end of a project, you're like, I have seen this probably two billion times in my life. I could recite the script unseen because I just heard this woman's dialogue in my head for a month. And every time they go back and they're like, no, we can make it better. Nope, let's go fix this one thing. And a part of me gets frustrated because, you know, you're beat at that point. At the end of the day, I'm always like, kudos to you guys. You guys really care. And like, I aspire to be that. And sometimes I can be a Debbie Downer. I'm like, oh, the 16th export. But I really admire that they do that and they have that patience with me and the team and like with their own creative to like kind of do that. So the late nights, I don't think they're they're getting rid of those. I think those are sticking around. Yeah, I definitely think they're <laughs> staying. In your notes here, you actually talk about working with creatives and how, how to trust them. Talk about that. I know that when I was working for like in-house marketing teams, some of the CEOs kind of had a hard time trusting the creatives. I've had a lot of experience where like CEOs or the head of marketing, they can't visualize something that isn't right in front of them if you don't have a storyboard or something. And I kind of battle for my fellow video editors, kind of give them a little bit of slack because they have it in their head and they can execute it. They just need more time. And if you trust their process and if you know they're a good storyteller, I guarantee you they're going to deliver. And giving your creatives a space, there's a lot of talk about trends in video editing and CEOs a lot of times will kind of place a phone, you know, in front of you on your desk and you'll be like, hey, recreate this TikTok. I want this with our employees. It's going to go viral. This is a viral trend. One, not only does that not how that works or those trends don't fit every single business or marketing mm -hmm. um, take that you have. Also, I want to say, give your creative space to kind of one-up it. You don't want to steal ideas out there. You want to do the research and kind of figure out how you can make it your own and fit your own marketing space. And I feel like I've experienced that. We're like, no, but this works and this is the trend and you don't want to veer from it. But you also want to give your space to your creatives to do what they've 
work so hard to perfect their art. And obviously, art is never perfect. You know, we're always out there trying new trends and not every marketing thing is going to be a hit out of the park every single time. But if you give them the space to kind of explore new options or use your task, like I was doing good and then I lost it. Um. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like where you're going with that, though, because I noticed for the production side of things, some of the hardest clients that we've ever worked with are ones that are like, I want you to do my vision. And it's hard as a creative to be like, yeah, I totally understand your vision. I'm going through the Harry Potter episodes right now. Yeah. I'm noticing how each director changed things to make it kind of their own vision. Totally. One example is Sirius Black. The first time he like talks to Harry at Hogwarts or whatever, he like comes in as the charcoal and the charcoal kind of like moves. The next time you see that same sort of situation, he is the face in the fire. Don't quote me on this. I haven't actually read the book. (laughs) My perception is that it is the exact same spell or whatever. It's just a different director's viewpoint on it. And no one really questioned it. No one hated the movies just because of the inconsistencies between directors. I have seen some bits of the Harry Potter reunion and Daniel Radcliffe kind of talked about each of those directors came in at the perfect time to present just a little bit of a shifted idea or perspective or a new lens on the Harry Potter journey that they had. It's still based on the books and stuff, but I feel like we got to get our creatives the same as you would the Hollywood directors. You don't expect them to match the person that was right before them. They're going to make their own masterpiece, but they use the tools of the person that was before them. They use the tools that J.K. Rowling set with the stories and everything Mm -hmm. like that. So just give the creatives the space to take what they have and just take it to that next extra step because I think you're going to get a better product out of that. You're going to get a happy editor, a more satisfied editor and worker out of that. And then you get the ball rolling and then the creative ideas kind of just naturally come because you're amplifying off of something organic and something that they've put all their energy into and have strong feelings about their creative ideas about it. We're not just making these choices because we think we're right. There's something behind them that fuels our creativity. I don't know, just Try not to stifle that by any means. Oh, yeah. What's interesting is how creativity works with brain trusts. Mm. You kind of mentioned how people's creative visions can be stifled by other creative visions. But what's interesting is at Harmon Brothers, we love to get as much feedback as we can with our edits. Like you said earlier, we like to finesse it to the point where it's nearly a perfect masterpiece. (laughs) I actually haven't worked with too many brain trusts. Talk to me about that. That was definitely something new here. And when I remember interviewing here, they talked about the brain trust and how much they liked it. I heard the example that it was from Pixar. I heard that was kind of what they had. And we all know how stellar Pixar is. Maybe not as of recent, but that was back in the day. I hope they get out of the (laughs) Disney Plus funk. I hope they do too. And I think that's crucial because I've been in the spot on a marketing team where I had a boss. Anything that I gave her, she was like, this is great. Post it. And it makes you feel really good as an editor. You're like, I'm killing it. But a part of you as a creative is like, but am I learning? Am I being pushed? How could I amplify this if it's already, you know? So it fuels both sides of you. The narcissistic, I'm perfect, but also I want to try and be better. Like, how can I do that? I think the brain trust is a really great safe space to do that because you're giving your heart out there. No one's 
making you change anything that you're diehard against that you've really sold and you're like, I believe in this idea. No one is telling you not to. You're just getting honest feedback of how people are perceiving it. I think it's just known that in this brain trust, it also is just like a super safe space. It's not anything judgment. It's nothing personal. It is just, you know what, here is something that could amplify it. And I think that feedback is so crucial. And some people might be afraid to reach out and get that just because it is a super vulnerable process. Mm-hmm. So reaching outside of your direct superior, look, critiquing yourself as a video editor, or even outside of your company, if you're able to, like if you, I worked at an automotive company and if they were able to reach out to the dealers that they supported and they were like, hey, how do you feel about this? Give us some honest feedback. Not only are you building relationships with those people and they're like, wow, I'm a part of this. This is awesome. You're getting honest feedback that's going to be super useful once it's finally out there. So I feel like I've always heard about it, but I've never been in a workplace that used it and HB definitely uses it to the best degree that I can tell. So that's been a really cool process to be a part of. What's interesting is we go through several brain trust iterations and then we present it for feedback from the client itself. Yeah. I've never actually worked directly with clients. Tell me about what that feedback loop is like. Changes with each client. I feel like the funny thing about client is sometimes they can come up with the idea. They can approve it being written in the script and they can be there on set and laugh at the take that the delivery of the actor and then they'll see it in the thing and they're like, ooh, I do not like that. So sometimes it's a little, (laughs) you gotta take it with a grain of salt, right? Like everything in a creative space, especially in advertising where you're gonna get feedback and stuff like that. It has been different with every client. No one's ever left it and been like, bail. I don't want to work with you guys. Everyone's like, okay, what can we do? And usually we build options into our scripts, which I think we talked about the iterations and the variations and all that stuff. I think that helps. There's alternates to jokes. So if it's not hitting or they're finding it not as funny or leaning more negative than they thought, whatever, we usually have backups that is super major. Nine times out of 10, clients are super gracious. They are thoughtful. They want to take a time and a day to like show a bunch of people, consolidate their thoughts and opinions and get back to us and we can implement them as best as we can. We do try to like, hey, based off our expertise and being in the industry and being the agency that has done this a bunch, we don't recommend this or hey, that's a great idea. But you know, more often than not, it's just an extension of the brain trust. So they'll give us an idea as a completely fresh mind. Yes, it's their brand that they're a little close to home in that regard. But one of the creative directors and I on the last one that we worked with, she was like, I'm not a fan of this review section. What if we tried this? And that sparked an idea in Ryan. And then we tried that out. It's all part of the creative process. It is daunting though, because you're watching them watch it. If they don't laugh or anything, you kind of get really nervous and you're like, oh no. And they'll be like, oh, that was great. I was laughing. And we were like, no, you weren't. I saw your face the whole time, but I get it. You can laugh in your head. It's definitely daunting, but I think our CDs are really great at open communication with the client and kind of making sure that they're heard, at least all the ones that I've sat in with creative directors. It's definitely a nerve-wracking experience. Oh, I bet. Yeah. It's crazy the amount of fail-safes that Harmon Brothers makes to create an awesome product, especially with the edit. Now that we've filmed all these alternate jokes and things like that, you now just have an arsenal of things to make a concise ad. There was something that you talked about where the voice that comes out in the commercial with the actor, plus the graphics, plus the edit, plus the everything is what makes and enhances a company's brand. Totally. Tell me about that learning process. When I've been on marketing teams, and you can even see it now with so many different platforms that brands have to go through, like they have to do 
Facebook, Instagram, all of these things, when their branding and voice doesn't match as a consumer, I trust it a little less. It seems a little more just thrown together. I just have more trust in the brands that when I click on every one of their assets, because I feel like you do, right? You want to see reviews on Twitter because people are super honest on Twitter. You want to see Instagram because the shirt that you want is styled and it looks cute and you want to see how people are dressing it. When they're all the same, I'm like, cool, this place is vetted. I'm in. I want to spend my money here. I know I'm not going to get scammed. And also I get a way better taste of their personality almost. I think that goes for video editing as well. If you can make that voice cohesive with everything else, there's no doubt in it. And video just amplifies it, right? You're getting that much more personality. You're getting facial recognition. You're getting facial cues of even jokes. You know, I feel like sometimes images, yeah, you get a little bit of that, but written, sometimes that sarcastic humor that a lot of people resonate with doesn't read well without facial expressions and actions and props and stuff like that. I just think video is hands down the best way to be memorable and get your brand across in its truest form. That reminds me of, have you ever been to Disneyland or Disney World? Yes, when I was a child. <laughs> the one cool thing about Disneyland and Disney World is that when Disney first invented it, he wanted to be like a heightened reality. Totally. Of what you're actually used to. You're outside, you're working 10 hours a day, whatever. You're sweating because <laughs> people sweat when they're working hard. When you walk into the theme park, you have that main street that very like straight out of a movie type totally. of thing. It's like a visceral experience yeah. almost. Yeah. As companies, you want people entering your brand. You want them to forget that they're even outside of reality. Yeah. If that makes sense. Totally. You want to give them that Disney-esque experience. Totally. One time in a marketing class, it was hospitality. We talked about hotels and like rebranding Las Vegas, whatever. But he talked about nothing can ever top Disney in his head because back then they used to have child passes or something. So like even it was zero to 10, it was like a season pass, but on steroids, they don't do it anymore. When he called, he was like, hey, what do I do with these passes? And the customer service lady was like, oh, sweetie, we do not punish children for growing up. And he was like, that's the purest marketing experience ever. It is in their customer service, this always being young and a happy child and innocence and joy. Even the customer service agent was like, we never punish our children for growing up. That is totally immersive and memorable. And that's going to resonate with people. And they're going to keep going back. Yeah, I could totally see yeah. companies absolutely want to recreate that. Yeah, and on their own scale. I love Kodiak's brand. It leans heavily into the wilderness. Totally. Whenever I think of Kodiak, it's always the bear, plaid, <laughs> and wood. Just <laughs> like wood. Just generic anything yeah. wood. Yeah. It is kind of that experience. It's almost like Disney, you know? Yeah. But the trick is they're still welcoming enough for people that aren't plaid-wearing, wood-chopping people are still like, no, those are still good. Yeah. I still like that I get to dive into that bit of my personality or enjoy this product to the extent that it, I think that says a lot. You want to be specific enough so that you're remembered and it is timeless and all those things that you talked about with Kodiak, but also welcoming enough for people that don't fit that demographic or are those things are just like, no, this is still a product I can consume or this oh, is yeah. still service that I want to use. They really dialed it down. It's pretty they, cool. They really dialed in their message yeah. and their branding. Yeah. And it comes down to like the font that we use with them. Totally. I saw one guy on LinkedIn. He posted a picture of barcodes. The barcode. Yeah. <laughs> the barcode was in the shape of a bear. And they were like, this is marketing. That is fantastic. It's just fun and simple. But who would have ever thought of that? Yeah. Like Italian good marketing. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say 
Coming from the automotive industry, I've got not a bone to pick, but I just want to keep marketers and like CEOs and business owners' minds open to humor in their ads because having humor in your ad does not make your business illegitimate or not take your business seriously. There's different types of humor. And I think HB has really got it figured out of different types of humor to the extent of what they want to do physical, if it's just word, if it's just an editing. But I think humor is such a positive subconscious way that people can associate with brands. And that really sticks with them, right? It's mm-hmm. not fear-based marketing. It's not, I need to do this unless something bad is going to happen. It's always positive. And coming from the automotive industry, it's not old white men. Also in their defense, their market's not going anywhere, right? Like yeah. they, they already have. I mean, everyone's driving cars. Yeah. So. The company that I worked for, I was like, this is a perfect opportunity. This is what is going to make us stand out. We could be funny. And their biggest thing was like, we're not going to be taken seriously. Cars have to be reliable. And I don't think being funny and being a serious brand are like antonyms. They're not mutually exclusive is Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say. That's fair. If you do it right and you keep your message positive, I don't think you can go wrong. And I think it can fit in any brand. You just have to do it the right way. Well, it's funny that you bring that up because I think pandemic marketing has changed marketing forever. Ooh, okay. In the fact that I've noticed with car ads, specifically automotive ads, that it's changed from this is a flashy car to very reliable, great gas mileage. Yeah. Speaking to the layman who work from home all the time now. And then on top of that, with TikTok, all of our attention spans have like drastically shortened. Yeah. We have to be keeping people's interests in less than a second. Yeah. And that comes down to circle everything back around. Intro variations. Mm-hmm. With different variations, you can find out what's hitting well with the market and then lean into that with your marketing. And what are the TikToks that are going viral? They're the funny ones. They're oh, the yeah. dancing ones that just emulate joy. Like if there's a trend you want to follow and stick in front of your video editors, it's that. I think I think those are the messages and core values you want in your video editing. Fear-based marketing can only get you so far. You don't want to be remembered for the bad things. And yes, Geico and all those, they're quote-unquote funny. Uh, Those are beat dead. All those insurance companies, those are horrible now. At least they're positive. I would hope every brand just wants that as their takeaway. And crazy enough, even with the insurance ones that are beat dead, like you still remember them. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And you can quote from them. You could probably quote from one or two of them. My dad still talks about the caveman guy. I don't even remember. Maybe that was Allstate or Geico. I don't even know. That was Geico. (laughs) And I love the caveman. Yeah. I remember them beating those dead. And I mean, they're gone now, but my dad still talks about one or two of them. He's like, wow. Oh, yeah. So funny. (laughs) I mean, you're not a dad if you're not quoting insurance commercials. (laughs) True, actually. So true. (laughs) To wrap up, some key takeaways, especially for marketers who are listening in on this podcast. Make sure that you get variations. Whoever you're going with, whether it's us or a different agency, ask for variations. Yeah. And ask to see those videos, get a brain trust going. Even if that's not their process at that agency, get a group of people to give you honest, safe, non-judgmental feedback. That goes a long way. Especially to demographics. What surprised totally. me about Harmon Brothers, we had Sash Bag. Sash Bag. The most recent purse commercial that we did. They're not a purse. They're a bag. They're a Sash Bag case. Okay? Uh, They're going to be upset with you. I <laughs> am. Call it a purse. I am very inconsiderate. <laughs> I do know that a lot of their brain trusts were like wives of... Mm-hmm. My mom was part of it. Yeah. 
your yeah. mom. I think Ryan's mom might have been. Yeah. You can find people in that demographic just around you. Totally. And we still had our internal people. I know that he still sent some to like some creative directors in our office. But when in doubt, we went with the demographics opinion because we were like, all right, well, we know it's going to resonate with some part of that demographic if we go with their suggestion. So it helps. Yeah. Make sure that you're getting feedback. Lots of brain trust. Trusting your creatives even more. They're trusting their creative process, their vision. And if you have an idea that you just want to mimic, give them the space to kind of one-up it because it's totally doable. Give everyone your Disneyland experience. Give everyone your Disneyland experience. Hell yeah. And humor. And, <laughs> be and, funny. Yeah, be funny. <laughs> we can help you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Like, subscribe. Hit that like button. Sma no, smash, smash, smash that, that like, like button. button. <laughs> if you guys have any topics that you want us to cover for you, feel free to send us an email at podcast.harmonbrothers.com. Thanks. Tired of playing catch up on your marketing approach? Plan your whole year of ad content with our video strategy in a day. The Harmon Brothers are known for their ad work with Lumi, Purple, and Skull Shaver. And now we're offering a 20 minute video that helps you strategize your best profit pushing ad research, messaging, and testing for free. Because a win for great businesses is a win for all of us. Go to harmonbrothers.com forward slash video strategy to save future you a lot of stress with no pitch and nothing to buy.